Hi guys, I'm joined with Keen Breden here. Uh, I've been following Keen's story for a good while now. He started his sporting career in football, has transitioned into the fitness industry, uh, been very successful in both parts. Welcome to the podcast, Keen. Can you give me a small bit of background? I like to start with people, let's say at school. What were you like in school? Were you sport mad? Did you play a lot of sports? Well, first of all, how's it going, Steve? How's things? Thanks for having me on. Um, okay, so a little bit about, about myself. Um, in school, I yeah, I guess I was always like, I was always the small kid. I was always like very like small, always like the smallest in my class, skinny, um, but always, always quite sporty. From a young age, I was, I guess, Gaelic and soccer were like two my first two uh, uh, sports of choice, and yeah, I played from a very young age. Also, I was. Uh, from a young enough age, I was uh, a decent, like, like we'll say, athlete when it comes to like running. So like, cross country and sprinting. So like, when I was a young lad, a very I did, different like, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The community games for sprinting, and then a national school did like the cross country. Uh, went to like the the Balik in Balnan, did that whole you know the, the the county one. So so yeah, I was always always quite um athletic and sporty. And like I said, I was always like the the smallest uh, kid in the class and the skinniest. Um, so yeah. you obviously started excelling at soccer in particular. Uh, where did that take you? Uh, yeah, I guess from, let me see now. Um, yeah, I guess from like the age of like 10, 11, I started to like, I suppose, get noticed that I was like, you know, a, a pretty decent player. They started, they usually start recruiting you for the Mayo uh, underage team at about under 12 level. And then you go to like a competition in Limerick called the Kennedy Cup. So I got Got on, got on that. Um, was playing for my local team, Clamoris, and then, like I said, got drafted in to play for Mayo. We went to the Kennedy Cup. I think it's like under under twelves, under thirteens, and um, we went there. We had a, I won't I won't say it's success. It was we got to the so there's there's different categories. There's like the cup. If you come second in your group, you went to another competition, Shield, and then third place, whatever. I think we came second in our group, and then we got to the final of whatever that was. Let's say it was the Shield, and we actually lost the final. Um. I was also the, the the captain of the team, and disappointingly, we I think we lost on penalties. So that was a bit of a, a bit of a bummer. But then I went from there, and I think I joined Castlebar Celtic uh, at at that age. And then I, no, sorry, I'm I'm actually getting ahead of myself. I didn't. I went from after the Kennedy Cup. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure if you're if you're familiar yeah, with this, yeah. but there, there's a there's a there's a soccer team in Dublin called St Joseph's, and my my father is from Dublin and it's actually it's a club that's just like five minutes away from where he's from but he saw he saw something in the paper about them they were having trials for uh their under 13 like DDSL like top division team and my dad showed it to me and he gave them a call just to see like you know do they take in like outsiders from from anywhere and he chatted to the manager his name his name was uh Jared Egan and basically my dad was telling him who I was. I just played for Mayo in the Kennedy Cup. And basically, this 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 guy, Jerk, came back to him and said, uh, he's like, this was this by any chance the like small little number 10 for Mayo? And uh, my dad was like, yeah. He's like, how, how, how do you know? He's like, well, I was down there and my, me and my assistant manager and we you know we were looking around and because I do, I remember that, that number, that little small number 10. So he said to come up to the trials. Uh, I went up to the trials and I got on well. And then I ended up signing for for them. So I played a year for them when I was, uh, it was like under 13s. They do it differently there. They do it like 10s, 11s, 12s, 13s, 14s. So you just play with your one, with your age group. So I went up there, played for a year. Um, and then I, I suppose when I went up there at that age, I was in the shop window for a lot of like, uh, there was a lot, of, like a lot of scouts and stuff and like the Irish um, manager or assistant manager, the scout would have been at a lot of the games. So I was kind of in the shop window and then things started to pick up a little bit for me um, around that time. I guess. That must have been like, I wouldn't say stressful, but a lot of work on your dad. You would have had to go up to Dublin for training. Yeah, yeah. so I'll, t- I'll tell you a funny, funny, funny little one. So I used to go up to train uh, once during the week on a Wednesday. So I'd leave school early. I used to always skip on fucking double tech graphics because I wasn't, I wasn't too good at it anyway. So I'd, I'd, I'd leave school. Uh, I had a double class to end. So my mother actually would pick me up at school at about just, a, just after maybe 1 p.m. or 1.30 p.m. And we'd drive up. Um, 
we get there we'd usually visit my 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 granny and my uncle because that's the house is just five minutes away from from joy so we'd visit them i'd go and train for maybe like 6 p.m to 8 p.m whatever it was or 6 30 to 8 p.m my mother would go back to my granny's house then i'd go back to my granny's house we take off we get back down to mayo around 11 11 30 p.m and then my mother god bless her she used to she was working nights at the time so she would like pick she go for her sleep come pick me bring me to dublin come back and literally she dropped me home and just go back down to work then and work the night shift so it was it was it was a lot of commitment and then at the weekends my dad would bring me up uh for the game at the weekend now he he really like he wasn't sure he loved it like he loved driving up he loved he was my biggest supporter he was like uh completely behind me um but yeah it was definitely it was a big commitment for them and i i suppose i i didn't really realized at the time it's only as i got older i was definitely very grateful for them because they definitely yeah they backed me up 100 percent. they supported me and uh even financially you know financially it was like you know diesel like like it was expensive it was you know we get food it was yeah it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't cheap but we never, I, we uh, never appreciated it until after no no Your dad I, is the same bringing me everywhere yeah you're 13 you're 13 14 you're i guess you're you know you're immature you don't really understand what's what's really happening but no i'm i'm really i'm really grateful to the both of them they they had my they had my back and they supported me but um yeah it was it was a, it was an interesting time i remember i often used to like leave training up the, up in dublin it'd be like 8 p.m be dark it'd be like a cold kind of winter's evening i'd be walking back to my granny's house and i just think to myself so I was like, it's crazy I'm, I'm all the way here in dublin on a on a wednesday evening you know i should be back home and in mayo getting ready to to go to bed or whatever but yeah it was, it was cool it was like a different different experience yeah, perfect. We are kind of. I always think that we we nearly think, well, why wouldn't he bring me up? Like, uh, I'm going to be a professional footballer. Like, yeah, you just expect them to support you when you realize when you're older. Jesus, that is, that's their whole evening gone for yeah. for one, like one. You have brothers and sisters, like so. That's just for one. Um, so that's thirteen. That's very young. Where does it go from thirteen to maybe seventeen, eighteen, where you're looking at more of a professional? You're going into the professional side of it. Yeah, yeah. Good, good question. So basically. I one of one of the, my biggest disappointments happened at that time when I was when I was up there playing with with Joyce. I I got there was Irish trials around that time. That's when they started recruiting for the Irish under fourteen national team. That's like the first uh, that's the first age group where they have a like a, a a national squad. And at this point as well, you have most players are still most of the best players are still playing at at home in Ireland. They haven't really been like scouted to go to the UK yet. This is kind of the age that it's happening. Now, I, funnily enough, I never got like scouted to go to the UK, but I got, I went to the Irish trials and then they do them regionally. So you've got Connacht, Ulster, Leinster, Munster, and then the best players from each province go to Dublin. They whittle it down to maybe like, let's say to a hundred people. And then there was a couple of Sundays where they would have like trial games and you'd have to perform and they whittled it down then from that. And the whole idea here was they were whittling it down for the first squad to go to Qatar. Funny enough, where the World Cup just was. So the first trip was to Qatar. Um, and long story short, they cut it down from whatever the start number was to a 32. And they took the 32 of us. I made the 32, thankfully. They they took us to uh, uh, the AE well in Dublin, this place where the trials used to happen. And we stayed there for the weekend in a hotel. And it was basically like a little bit of training camp. And they were going whittling that 32 down to 24. So... We went and the penultimate kind of decision was this, the, the last the Sunday, the second day, there was like a, a, a training game or a trial game. And I personally, I, I, I thought I actually performed quite well in the trial game. I um, I thought I had a decent performance. I thought to myself that I did enough, but unfortunately I didn't. I didn't make the cut from the, from 32 down to 24. So that was my first disappointment. I remember getting the letter in the post and um, said that I didn't make the final cut. I remember where I was. I remember... The, the 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 disappointment the you know that feeling when when you're when you your stomach just sinks but it was uh it was disappointing but it also gave me it gave me drive and then to be honest with you i was told by the first team manager at the time that uh it was nothing to do with my technical ability i had all the technical skill and i was one of the, the more technically gifted players there it was just what let me down was my physical attributes i was too small i was too slight and i was too weak so that from that moment on, that that's what actually inspired me then to to start researching how do I get stronger, how do I get for my sport from for soccer. So that's what led me then to start doing push ups and chin ups and just basic stuff at that young age of fourteen. But then from there, I I left at Joey's after that year because I, it was just too much and I was going to fifth year in school. I skipped transition year, so I went to the fifth year 
and it just wasn't feasible for me. So I went back. I think I went back to uh, Castlebar Celtic. Went, I went playing with them. And then after, I'd say, probably about two years of being back in Mayo and playing in the Mayo League. And and uh, we had a very strong team in Castlebar. It was, a bit, it was just a bit of a, it was a bit of a run over. We were winning leagues and cups and it wasn't very competitive. But then they started up this new thing. It was an air electricity under-19 league. And Sligo Rovers were coming up with an under-19 team. So um, through a reach, I used to play for the Connacht regional team every Monday. So I knew a lot of people from that and from Sligo and Roscommon and different places. But the Sligo under-19 manager reached out to me and said, would I go and join them? Uh, they're building you know, a team for the next three years. And they're starting off in the Northern Division with other teams like Finn Harps. Um, who else? Finn Harps, maybe like Longford. uh Jeez, I actually can't even remember some of the other teams that were in the league. But anyways, I went I went up and I joined the Sligo under-19 team. And there was he, the, the manager was trying to build a team where it was like quite young. So a lot of us were like in our first year. So we would have had three years in that under-19 league. Um, so his whole idea was to build us up together so that a lot of us could go through from the first year of being in the youngest to being like in three years' time, being in our last year and like really putting together a good team and building a good yeah, building 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 a team essentially. So I went up there, played the first season. Um, I was a little, I won't say out of my depth, but physically I found it quite tough because I was still small and I hadn't really developed too. I starting to develop somewhat physically, but I was up against a lot of the other teams. They were very physical, like big guys, like nineteen year olds, like they were uh nor- northern boys as well. Like some of them, some of them they they they're strong tacklers up there. I don't know what it is. <laughs> they, they they know how to they know how to use their bodies and they slide tackle and but that was that was the first year up there. Then the second year up there we had a great year. We won the league. Um we won the Northern League. So that promoted us then to the to the Premier Division. So that was my last year then. And the, the last year was was a really good experience. Probably the best out of the three because we were traveling like every second week. You know, we had a home game one week and then we traveled. So we were in like Dublin a lot because it was St. Patrick's Athletic were in our, our division. Shamrock Rovers were there, um, Shelburne, uh, then you had also other other teams like uh, Cork City. Um, so yeah, it was it was cool. Waterford, we, we were we were traveling like I said every second week. Um, we we had a decent season. I it was a bit of luck involved with with, with me. So the the manager's son, Jake Dykes, he's actually out in I think Abu Dhabi now or Qatar or somewhere uh, coaching. But he was supposed to be the captain, and he was also doing playing with the first team a bit at the time as well. And then he got injured. So then I was made captain for the year. So it was a great uh, privilege. It was a bit of luck involved, but then I, I took the role uh, like quite seriously. And I personally, had a good year. Did, did well, scored a decent amount and play and got a lot of assists as, as a number ten. Um, and then we didn't we didn't do too much. We didn't we didn't like win the league rent and we stayed up. We didn't get relegated, which was a bonus for us. And then um the goal my goal was to get a first team contract and it was looking like there was a couple of us who got in training with the first team and through the grapevine we were hearing positive things that there was a good chance that we'd get contracts and stuff and then uh came to the end of the season and I didn't get didn't get a first team contract and I was kind of like I was I was I was disappointed but in in the in the same way I was also a bit relieved because I had played soccer for so long at a very high level sacrificed an awful lot and I was starting to question whether I was like still really passionate about the sport and if I really wanted to give this like a shot so I thought to myself you know what let me take a few months off step away and then if I still have the fire in my belly and the desire to go and and give it another crack uh, I will and that was when I was 19 so I finished that season um I also had Galway United onto me uh, a guy a good a good a, a good uh I say mentor of mine, coach of mine from the past, Leo Tierney reached out to me and was was asking would I go to Galway and, and potentially sign for them, go up there and they'd get a look at me. And I I didn't do it at the time because I, there was something with my con- my contract with Sligo that I wasn't released and I couldn't go there. So I said, give me a few months and I'll go when I'm when, when they've like released me technically. And I never went. I took the few months off, Steve, and I was so uh, looking forward to just being back to not playing soccer for a while and focusing on the gym and training and training my legs properly and getting bigger. And and then I just never, never went back. I never had the desire. I, I went into a kind of a different path, a different direction. So Probably better off. Yeah. We always see with sports people, some of the biggest failures lead them down a totally different road. Um, you're 80, 17, 18, 19 around this stage. So you're doing your leave insert or have you done your leave insert? Have you, have you a career? What's the CEO's pressures? Have you a career 
or are you now so you're you're um you are now realizing that i'm getting into the fitness is that something you really wanted to do that you saw this is the path for me good question yeah good question so how 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 it worked out i did my leaving cert quite young i did it at 17 so i just actually turned 17 so i i did decent in school like i got like maybe 450 in my leaving cert or something i was okay so i put down i was interested i knew at that at, when i was doing my cao and stuff i was like okay i want to do something to do with like health and fitness and like sports psychology maybe and kind of like physiology and and that and that that was my what i was thinking so i had a, a course in ucd down there it was like called uh, health and physiology studies it's a bit high than the points that i got so that was down there and then there was also a course in carlo i think it was strength and conditioning something like that so i, I had like this idea that i was going to do something in that in that in that realm so i did i fill out cao and then I, whatever offers i got i just deferred them and i took a year out after and what i did was i don't know if you've ever have you ever heard of the fai uh fall soccer course yeah 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 so i went I, I went and i was like okay i i have another year left in sligo rovers under 19 so i wanted to give that a crack and i was like let me take a year out. Let me go and do, I didn't want to be idle. So I said, like, let me go and do the soccer course. It lines up perfectly. We play soccer for half the day. We learn, we do modules and stuff the other half of the day. So I was like, and we, there's also like a fitness gym instructor uh, qualification out of it. So I'll probably learn, learn something there too. So I went and did that down in Castlebar in Wildbush and focused on playing with Sligo for the year. Um, and then I, I realized in that year that for me go, to go to university, I, I, I also, in conjunction with all this, my good friend, uh, Kevin Welsh had opened his gym in Clamors and I'd started to like, just dip my toes in like helping him out with the group training going in there. And I kind of realized I was like, you know what? I actually, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying going in and like physically working with people. I was in the process of learning. So everything was so, so new to me and, and I was very fresh. So I was like, you know, very eager to learn. So Kev kind of had a word of me and he was like, look, like there's there's a there's a, a a better option here or he's like the what he did was he went and got qualified got a picp one and two qualification where they send out the information to you you go through a lot of it yourself you do online exams and then you go to like uh him for him it was manchester for me it was london and you do practical exams and you get qualified so he kind of like made me think about it logically and i'm quite a you know a rational person so i was like i could go to university get a strength and conditioning degree spend all that time money down there Whereas I could also just go and spend six months, get qualified, start working with people from a young age, start making money, and then reinvest that money that I make into my education, which I did for the first three or four years. I just kept on investing the money I made back into doing courses, seminars, upskilling, different stuff, bioprint. So that's 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 kind of the route I took. I didn't go to, to university. I started working with people from like a young age. And I guess that year out kind of taught me that or made me realize that like fitness was the the path that i wanted to take and Ke kevin as well like i i i i guess i owe a lot to him as well for like him having that gym there and making me realize and then showing me that there's like a different path as well so i definitely you know i i i credit to, to him because he definitely made me realize that okay there's a definitely a quicker and smarter way of doing of doing this and that's pretty much what i did that was that like I was 19 at the time when I did that and got qualified and then just started working with people. Um, it was group training mainly that I started off with. It wasn't actually until I, maybe I was 20 or 21 when I actually decided to do the one-to-one. -one. But yeah, that's that's kind of the, the route that I took. And like I said, I deferred those courses. And then when the next year came around, the CA owner, I just, I didn't, I just let them go because I was like, that's not the, the path that I'm taking. You've joined... Kevin in 100% uh, PT fitness in Clermaris. Yep. When does that transition into you? You're obviously really, really interested in, in your own body and, and being healthy. When does that transition into you having this goal as I really want to take this a step further and, and go into bodybuilding full time? Again, another, another good question. Um, so basically, when I was, I would have just finished playing soccer with Cycle Rovers and a very good friend of mine Adam Murphy from Clamorous. I don't know. Do you, do you know, know Adam? Yeah. So he he basically he's he's always been uh, similar to myself. He's he's always been against the grain, and he just decided when he was he's a little bit younger than me, maybe six months younger than me. But he decided to do uh, a bodybuilding show um, when he was nineteen. So as a, as a teenager doing the under nineteen category down in Cork in the NBFI, 
we decided, yeah, just after we finished our last year with Sligo, and I didn't know too much about like you know competitive bodybuilding. Didn't really know there was much of scene necessarily in Ireland. But um, he asked me would I come down with him. Basically, I went down as his as his as his friend and just to just support him. And we stayed the night in the hotel, and then he did the show the next day. And the, the when I when I when I went down, I was like. I wasn't really sure what to expect and like bodybuilding and the sport itself, it's a bit of an, it's quite a neat sport and it's, it can be a bit of a freak show and I remember thinking to myself, geez, this is a bit strange, like all these people in like tongs and with fake tan and all shiny and oily and and then I was, I didn't really know what to make of it but then I had an, an, an like a funny enough altercation in, in the, in an elevator so I was going to the elevator with Adam and I think I've said this before but I was wearing just like just like a sleeveless hoodie type thing, and uh, I one of the com- competitors he was obviously all t- tanned up and stuff, and he goes uh, in a, in, a, in, a, in a thick cork accent, he goes, "Are you competing, by What category? What category are you doing?" And I was like, "No, no, I'm not. I'm not competing at all. I'm just down to watch." But then I thought to myself after, I was like, "Geez, he must have thought I was in pretty good shape to to even think that I was competing," you know. So that that gave that gave me a bit of like encouragement. I was like, "You know what? I might." It gave me. It just sparked something off, and I had I had a little a little think about it, and I I I yeah, naturally am quite a competitive individual. So, not playing soccer for that few months, I was like, you know, I, I was trying to trying to fill the competitive edge inside me. So I said, fuck it, why not do a show? But then this was when I was nineteen. I actually didn't. I I, I decided being a, a bit of a perfectionist. I was like, if I go and do this next year, I was like, I don't think I'd be ready, or I don't think I'd physically like go in there and like win. So I, I said, I'll, I'll give myself and uh, take a year off, try and get bigger, improve, and then go and do a show when I'm 21. So that's that's what I did. But it was really, to answer your question, it was that, it, going down to watch Adam, that like definitely inspired me. Watching him like definitely inspired me. Watching the process that he went through, how strict he had to be with his diet, the low percentage body fat he got to. And I just saw it as like, it was almost like a natural progression from what I, I was already doing. I was already eating healthy. I was already training hard. I was already trying to build muscle. Um. And then I said, fuck it, why not? Why not set myself the challenge? And then I, I had a, a bit of an interest from a younger age of like, my dad showed me Pump and Iron, the documentary with Aaron Schwarzenegger, like back in the day. And so I, I knew a little bit about bodybuilding, but then I really started to like, when I when I undertake something, when I do something, I usually get a little bit obsessed with, with said topic. So I did a bit of research and delved into bodybuilding and then just started, started getting interested in following different people, different YouTubers that were bodybuilders really like uh, buying memberships to people's websites, just learning about like, you know, the training side of things, nutrition side of things. And then, like I said, decided to do my first show in 2016, I think it was when I was six or when I was 21. And I also hired a coach as well. Um, each time I competed each three seasons of the three years, I hired a coach because I was just like, I need to hire someone who knows who has more knowledge than me and pay for their expertise, especially the first year because I didn't, really know exactly what I had to do or what was necessary of me, especially when it came to the nutrition. So um so yeah, that was that was kind of how I how I got into it. And then once I did it the first year, I did the under twenty three or the sorry the under twenty four, the junior category, and I was like twenty one. And I came third and I was a little bit disappointed, but it was fair. It was a fair uh, place and I didn't deserve to do to get hired. So I got top three and then that just kind of made motivated me and made me be like, okay next year i'm going to give it another crack i have two more years left as a junior and next year the goal is to go on and, and and try and win it um and yeah that was that was pretty much how it how it started that's when you initially get the compliment in the elevator and then you go and you set a two-year plan that's a long plan a lot of people find it hard to stick by a 12-week plan so it's 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 you're very focused if you just think right i know i can't do it in a year i'm going to do it in two years a lot of people, it's a very lonely sport, I, I suppose a lot of people would think. It's you versus you. How do you keep motivated? What's your why? If you're uh, just starting and you're thinking two years later, I want to be in the best shape possible. How do you keep yourself motivated in them two years? It's a good question. Um, I guess I guess I've always been quite an intrinsically motivated person. I just like, I, I don't, do things to to impress others i do it for it's i do it for my for myself because i i don't know i guess i understand the concept of delayed gratification as well and i was like okay with with the idea of delaying 
uh, the process and delaying. So not to get instant gratification, but to wait for, you know, whatever it was, two years and then enjoy. I, I learned to like just enjoy the process and then the out, whatever the outcome is, you know, in after two years, that'll be a lot more sweeter from just, you know, being able to delay that gratification. I don't know. It's just something is this I don't know. Is it something that I I, I was aware of the concept and then to actually to actually just go and 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 act it out. Um, I, I, I don't know how and how to answer your question. You're asking how did I stay? Um, I guess I you see when I, I really enjoy training, like training for me was always like it wasn't a chore. So it was just a case of like, I'm going to be doing this anyway. Um, I, I guess the way I thought at the time was the I was OK with the longer time frame because I'm like, I extend this the better chance I have of doing better and achieving and winning. Because essentially, like I like I said to you, I'm quite competitive. And like the idea for me, I think the motivation was to be a winner. I wanted to be a champ. I wanted to win. And I was okay to delay my gratification because my desire to be a winner was so strong, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's inevitably um stood to you because you eventually went on to win uh, overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it, it it did. It did. Thankfully, I the second year went like I said to go to go and win. I came second in the second year and I was very disappointed at when I came second that time. I thought I was a little bit hard done by, but again, when I look back and I be completely remove emotion and remove myself from it, the guy who bet me was just a little bit more conditioned on the day, just like a bit tighter, like a bit leaner, was we'll a conditioned meaning leaner, um, which was a, a bit frustrating for me because I felt like I there was a bit of a fuck up on the behalf of the guy who coached me and the way that he peaked me for that show, and it made me maybe look maybe two or three percent worse than I should have because of some manipulations with water and salt that were done. But look, it happened. I learned from it. I never, never made that mistake again the next year. Um, Cause I competed a good few times the next year and I got a different coach and we definitely didn't make those mistakes. But yeah, I came second. And then the following year was my last year it was the penultimate. I was my last year as a junior. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put this out there on like, I'm going to do a YouTube series. I'm going to record it. Um, and I called it third time lucky. Cause I was like, fuck it's a good name third time lucky third time uh going at it so and i put i put i put i suppose i definitely put pressure on myself by putting it out on youtube but at the very first episode i said like you know my this is my goal i want to win the the my category and then i don't know did i say i wanted to win the overall perhaps i might have mentioned it but i definitely put out that, that i was going to win and the whole name was based around being the third time lucky so definitely put some pressure on myself but i don't know i, I felt like it was a good thing i i had this deep belief in myself in the last year particularly that I was going to win I just I just I just I didn't believe that I was going to lose so um I guess that's why I had no problems putting it out there but but yeah went on won the the junior category now I I felt a little bit disappointed when I won and it sounds weird when I won the junior category because there was only two of us in the junior category so I was kind of like yeah I won but like there was only fucking two of us like you know but that's not a great I was, I was I was beating myself a bit, and my dad said something to me. I remember we went for dinner after and stuff, and then we still had to go back in the evening time for the overall. And I didn't partake with everyone else. They were having we went to a burger spot, and I just had my set out meals that I was supposed to have because I couldn't afford to spill over or eat too much for the evening show. I still had to look like you know very conditioned and tight and stuff. But my dad, I remember he said to me in the bathroom. We were downstairs in the place in Cork, and I said it to him, and he was like, he was like, look, he was you're thinking about it wrong. He was like, think about all the 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 juniors who who set out to do this show and for whatever reason they didn't even make it to the stage and I was like it was a bit of a caveat that made me feel a bit better I was like yeah look there could have been 10 people 20 people or five more other people and they never even met it there because the whole process of dieting and stuff they, mentally it might have been too much for them and they mightn't have, have got to it so it made me feel a bit better but then in the even time the overall which is basically for anyone who's not familiar because if you're not into bodybuilding it might not make sense the winner of each category goes against each other um so in that day we had uh, teenagers uh, the juniors and then we had weight categories like under 68 kilo under 70 under 75 under 80 and then we had like masters and so under over 40s and over 50s so basically the winner of each category goes against each other for the final for the overall and then i also won that which was for me was like that 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 was like uh i think that that was like vindication because that was like a very high standard you were against maybe like nine or ten other people um so that was great that was i was genuinely very very happy and it was a great feeling to win that um 
and then all my family and friends were there to support me as well, which was which was pretty epic. And then, yeah, won, won the overall. And then I to finish off that season, I did another show in Ireland in a fe, in a in a federation that's like not tested, where like most people, everyone is pretty much taking steroids and stuff. But I was like, fuck it, I'm going to compete to see where I stack up against them. Because I was doing natural uh, bodybuilding, they drug tested us. They took our piss. They took the winner's piss and stuff. So you couldn't, if you were cheating, you were going to get caught out. Um. So then I did, and then I also went to the UK to the Europeans that year. Um. Came fifth in in the Europeans, which was a bit disappointing. The standard was high, but I felt, I felt like I, I got a little bit harshly judged. Maybe maybe like third place might have been a, a fair decision. But again, it's a subjective sport, so that it happens. It happens. And then from there, that was in the the Irish shows in September, around the first week of September. The UK show, Europeans, was in the middle of October. So it was about a six-week layover to that show, so to stay dieting, which was pretty pretty tough mentally. And then from there, there was another another four weeks, I think it was, or five weeks until the Worlds that were on in Los Angeles. So I went to them, continued dieting, and then uh, my coach came with me, which was pretty epic. We flew him out. Uh, Kevin came with me. Dave came with me, so my two good good friends, two best friends, they came with me, and yeah, the three of us took or the four of us took off and went out to LA and went to the Worlds, and I came, I did two categories there, I did my junior one, and I came second in the junior one, and I did the under sixty eight kilo, which is the weight category, and I came third in that one, so I was pretty happy. I didn't deserve to win. The guy who bet me was a freak; he was better than me, and then the other two guys that bet me in the under sixty eights were. Were more a bit more conditioned and a bit more developed. They were older than me. They were they, they were better. I think the guy who won was from Italy. The guy who came second was from the UK. And basically, if you in the weight category as an amateur, because we were competing as amateurs at the worlds, but if you win a weight category as an amateur, so the guy from Italy, he then got his pro card. So he was a natural pro. So at the time, I was my my, my goal when I went there I was like, if I can win in a weight category to be a natural pro bodybuilder, that was my goal. And then I didn't win. I came third, like I said. And then after that, I was like, okay. I'm going to come back here maybe in two years and become a pro. That was my goal initially when I finished the show. And then I, I, I kind of took a step away from like, just I went back to training, went back to like an off season, focusing on trying to improve, bring up my bring up my physique. And then I decided after maybe six months to a year, I was like, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to focus on getting that pro card right now. I'm going to focus on my, my, my business. I'm going to focus on, uh, traveling so then I decided in 2020 I was going to move away so my, my focus just shifted and I haven't competed since then since 2018 that was my that LA show was my my last show I uh, I remember the fundraiser to um yes. to try and get you over um I remember watching that series yes. um, two things on that one you talked about being natural um have you ever thought about going on steroids, going on one cycle? I know a lot of people when they're when they're that big and they see someone and they maybe lose to someone, it, it sparks in the head. Well, maybe I should just do it for one one bit. Yeah, yeah, good, good question again. Um, de- yeah, look, definitely there was a there was a time I'd say I was probably I was probably twenty one, and there was there was there was a, a time period where I was like, I wonder, it was because. There was, the, there was this one particular um, encounter I had. I was getting coached by one of my coaches. I used to check in with him in Dublin uh, every every couple of weeks. And then leading up to the show, I check in more frequently. I drive up on a Saturday morning. I'd get my my can of monster and a fulfill bar, and I'd drive up, go and meet him, check in. He'd take my body fat, and then I'd have my 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 lunchbox with me with my rice, my chicken, and my veg. I'd eat that, and then I go and train in a, in the Coliseum gym. And then I'd also so it was it was a posing coach of mine up there who. I was posing from it. I was like three or four weeks out, pretty lean at the time. I was almost ready. And he was just really impressed with my physique for a natural. He was like, just the overall like symmetry, everything was pretty well developed and in proportion with each other. And for someone of my age, he was like, he just basically said to me, he was like, he's like, dude, would you ever think about this guy was enhanced himself? He, he competed as at a decent level in Ireland. Uh, he was, he was a good bodybuilder, but uh, he was like, dude, would you ever like, just consider taking anything like or are you just is your plan just to be natural and he was like just looking at you he's like you would you would he was like you would be fucking really successful if you took gear he was like yeah your physique would be would be ridiculous and after that encounter i thought about it but then i was like you know what i for 
I, I, I was like, for what I would, for what the risks would be health-wise, there's, there's health risks with anything that we do in this life. There's health risks, particularly with steroids. There's health risks. And I was like, does the risk outweigh the benefit of me maybe being a top-tier Irish bodybuilder? But like a top-tier Irish bodybuilder in the grand scheme of things, not to shit on anyone who's a top-tier bodybuilder, Irish bodybuilder, but like that's still not going to, it's still not going to get you, uh, you're not going to make much money from it. You're not going to. So I was like, okay, if I'm not going to make a lot of money, it's not going to be my sole career, then it's not worth the risk that I'm going to take by taking gear. So it was, again, very pragmatic, very rational uh, choice. And then I I thought, I, I also was realistic and I was like, I could be like a good high-level Irish bodybuilder, probably win national titles potentially as I got a bit older in the enhanced divisions, but never internationally. I, I just didn't have the genetics. I didn't have the structure. I didn't have the, there's a lot of bodybuilding. It's, it's about genetics. Hard work and all that is obviously important, and but if you don't have the genetics to be a top tier bodybuilder, like you know, blessing the guy from Castlebar, yeah, absolutely freak, like blessed. <laughs> excuse the excuse the pun. Beautiful structure, like muscle bellies popping. Like he was born to be a bodybuilder. Now that that man works his ass off. He's dedicated to his craft, and the two of them combine, and then you have greatness. That's that's. For me, I don't have those genetics. I'm 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 not blessed like that. So I knew I wasn't gonna be a top international level bodybuilder. So I was like, let me stay natural. Let me push the limits. See what I can do. If I can maybe become a pro natural, great. Um, but yeah, it definitely it definitely crossed my mind. But that was like my thought process to not take a gear, and I'm glad I didn't. To be honest, do you have any motivation or plans to go back competing again or is that kind of have you put that out of your head while you're kind of traveling and experience life yeah has that ship's sail says you um yeah look to be honest going away and traveling living in canada for whatever it was just under three years just it, it, it just changes your perspective i guess on a lot of different things a lot of different things but it made me like realize that like you know that little bubble of bodybuilding and stuff Although it, bodybuilding like has taught me a lot, it's taught me a lot about just like discipline, about like small incremental increases over time equal uh, progress, like a lot of progress, and just taught me the art of chipping away, of you know, of keeping your head down and just just work, work, work. So it's taught me a lot, and and it's and and it's been a very enjoyable period of my life. But I guess as I travel more and I got a bit older, I realized that it wasn't something that I want i want to pursue certainly in this period of my life because like it does require a lot of like restriction you have to be very restricted when you're getting ready for a show and like when you're it's not necessarily conducive to living and traveling and enjoying the labor the fruits of your labor and the the, the fine food different countries have to offer and all this stuff and social um gatherings and whatever it, it may be so i decided that no not for this period i'm, I'm happy enough to just just i always train okay i still train five days a week um and i train still with like a lot of intensity like you might think looking at me sometimes like geez this cunt is getting ready for something but i it's just the way i train i just love to push myself train hard um i guess that's by bodybuilding kind of taught me that like you know just just go in there work your ass off 45 minutes to an hour get it done um and it's allowed me as well to be able to still look you know decent and look like i still train and stuff so i still love to train and, and everything but there's just no plan or goal to like, you know, compete in the in the near future. Now, that may change in three, four years. Who knows, you know, where life takes us and I might get this this uh this urge or this motivation to be like, Okay, remember you said you're gonna be a pro. Let's let's go and attack that now. But for now, no, no plans. Cool. Um we were talking briefly off camera about I suppose the fitness industry and the way it is now, we're talking about maybe, you know, people's short term concentration and TikTok, you know, fueling that. Um, how do you, because one thing I always found about, you know, very easy to listen to for you is um, just clear and concise and, and not this over the top um, clickbait type, you know, PT. We see an awful lot of it. Is that something that annoys you about the fitness industry and how do you keep it? how do you keep people interested and entertained while giving good, concise information? It's another good question. Um, I suppose to, uh, the first part of it is do, a lot of, a lot of the, the fitness industry in general, like it's, I, I guess because to be honest with you, there's a very low 
barrier of entry to the fitness industry. Literally anyone can become a trainer nowadays. Like you could even not be qualified and say you're an online trainer. So the, the barrier to entry is very low. And with that comes, I, I suppose, a saturated market, number one. But it also comes with a lot of like a, a very like there's, 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 there's a very low standard in certain like areas of the fitness industry. Like there's just the information is, 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 is not of a high quality. Um, so, so yeah, like a, a lot, a lot of, I, I see a lot of like content out there and again, I don't like to be negative and be a hater and stuff, but you see, I see a lot of shite and stuff and I see a lot of like, um, people who haven't really put the time in, I suppose, to like, they haven't put the time in the trenches to learn and to actually put the hours on the floor to be for it to be a coach. And they just said, oh, I'm going to skip all that and just like put stuff up on Instagram. And I guess it's just the way, you know, so, social media, it's one of the, it's one of the negatives of social media. Um, but then to answer the second part of your question, how do I, um, I suppose I just try and when I'm putting out stuff, like I, I put out content, but I probably don't put out as much content as I should. But like when I do put out content, I'm trying to just be myself, first of all, authentic, be genuine. Um, I can't, I can't really be fake. It's just not the person that I am. And I, when I see other people uh, online and they're putting on a persona like it's happened times where i've like seen someone on online uh not even the fitness industry but in in different industries and i see the persona that they have but then i meet them in person and it's completely different it doesn't match the it does the the reality doesn't match the the you know the the literally the meme the instagram versus reality they're very very different so i guess i've always just not wanted it to be like that if someone met me in person they'd be like oh shit he's you know he's he's pretty cool he's chill he's just like the way he comes across online so I've always tried to stay true to that. Um, and sometimes it might go against you because you might not like appeal to the masses sometimes, you know, because you're not boxing, you're, you're not trying to appeal to the masses. And then other times, um, if if you are being authentic and being true, then a lot of people, I think people do see that and they 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 notice it and they and they do respect it. So um but it's 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 you're battling with yourself sometimes because you're like oh, I could do this and I probably get more attraction and more attention, but you know then at the end of the day like I'm I'm selling out you know so you constantly have to kind of try and check yourself. But it's it's an it's an it's an ongoing it's an ongoing uh, battle I suppose. But to to answer the question, I just try and be authentic and try and just be myself, and hopefully that it comes across like that. So yeah, I think it does. I think it definitely does. Um... You know, I love the Q and A's, uh, Q and A's you do, and you know they're just concise information. I've sent in a couple of questions before, and it's just, it's not this over the top shite. It's just to the point. And some people might like truth in the fitness industry. You know, they want to be told comfort and lie. Um, yeah. I think just you know, clear, concise truth is the way forward. Um, we're on about putting out content. We never mentioned kind of your your main instagram page which is the blueprint fitness yourself and david yes yes um yeah just just to give you a little i'll give you a little bit of background about, about that and how it started so we were both in in canada um so this was this would have been in september of 2021 so we were it's the end of august start of september the two of us were going for um we just decided one one it was like a long bank holiday weekend there so we just decided we had the truck from work said fuck it well, let's take off let's drive to british columbia um let's bring the tent with us and let's just go to a place um oh jeez I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the place but any, anyways it was a really nice place on the river in bc and we said we go for a drive we didn't book anything we just said take the tents with us and see what happens and on the way down dave hit me with a, he pitched me with an idea he was like so i've been thinking recently about like about he kind of said it like it was like a, a product of some sort but he's like basically we both like I've been doing online coaching for since probably 2016, pretty, quite quite some time now. So that's what six years, and he's been doing it for probably probably four years or so. But when you train clients online, there's pretty there's a process like with whether someone's a complete beginner or they have some experience. But like you find yourself having like very similar conversations with your clients, and there's always like you know there's a system what 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 their depend on what their goal is. But most people's goal when they come to me for online coaching is either two things: it's lose body fat or build muscle so there's definitely a template that you follow with everything when it comes to their training when it comes to their nutrition when it comes to the psychology behind what they're doing when it comes to their implementing their diet all, all this stuff there's like there's, there's definitely you're having similar conversations dave basically said to me it's like 
he's like, I'm thinking like it would be a great idea to put together a product of some sort where basically it just streamlines the whole process when you take an online uh, client that wants to like get a transformation or wants to get into shape. So he, he, he said it to me and I thought about it and then we kind of left it there. And then we got back to the city a few days later and we started, sat down, started brainstorming. And it basically took kind of legs from there. Um, it literally started off as an idea. And then we started to like, we started to buy equipment so we could start like, so, so from a product, it then kind of uh, uh, grew to being like, okay, let's build out a course. So we're like, okay, course, how is this going to be structured? What's the content going to be? Uh, how are we going to record it? So then Dave did a, did a, uh, a videography course himself for like, just, it was like a 30 day one. And he learned all about like videography, lighting, audio, what cameras to use, what cameras. So he did all that research. And then we said, okay, let's invest. Let's buy some equipment. So we bought like a really good camera, a good lens. We bought good lighting. We bought good audio equipment. He upgraded his his MacBook and we said, okay, let's let's give it a crack. So went about it, set up, uh, shot all the content, edited it, uh, built the whole like online system or the portal that's like, where people log in and where the whole course content is and the landing pages. We ran Facebook ads. We did a lot. We put our heads down and we literally just worked like day and night for like eight, nine months getting everything together. And then April or sorry, the end of April, the start of May in 2022 was when we launched. And even since then, like we've, we've pivoted, like we, we changed what originally it was, was just the blueprint physique system. So basically there was one, one product and it was like being marketed as a course where you basically would learn how to get into the best shape of your life in six months. The whole, everything was laid out for you, your training plan, your cardio, your steps, uh, you had an exercise library, you had a progress report sheet to track everything. Your whole plan was laid out, you know, in different phases from week one to four, five to eight, so on and so forth. So that was, that was the original, we, 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 we released and it was like Blueprint Physique System, this was it. And it was like, it was... To be honest, the two of us had been, we were probably, if I mean brutally honest, we were probably too, our, what's the word, our expectations were too high for, for too soon. We thought we were going to uh, do a lot better, make a lot more sales than we did initially. So I guess it was, we were just a bit naive. So then we, we had to think about it and we started to say, okay, we could, we have so much content here we could like split this up into three different tiers. So a different tier system where you have a gold system, a, bron a silver system and a bronze system. Cause not everyone we thought about them was like, not everyone is going to want to like the, the, the original blueprint physique system and the gold, which is now the gold is like, it's a six month period. It's not just like a quick fix diet type thing where you just jump in. It's like a six month process where you go to like a maintenance phase, you build, build some muscle, slight 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 calorie surplus around maintenance and then you set all these good habits for, for, for three months and then you attack a dieting phase for 12 weeks and that's where you really really get the transformation but we just found like we i i personally have been doing this this six month system with a lot of my online clients anyway i usually and even my one-to-one -one clients i usually get them to do a, a three-month phase where they track calories they get used to tracking calories they build good habits they get strong in the gym they learn how to train properly with good form good execution they set a, a very good balance and then they also set themselves up so their starting point for their diet after three months instead of maybe starting their their dieting phase on 2000 calories because we've spent three months building calories up slowly and gradually now their starting point for their diet is actually it's higher they're now starting at like 2300 instead of 2000 so they're not going to struggle as quickly as they would have their calories are going to start higher which is always good so that was that was the idea and then they they have that 12 week uh dieting phase and then, but then we decided to just split it up uh, in terms of like make it into different tiers. If someone wants the goals, the goal as well as like more accountability, like anyone who is in the goals, they're in a WhatsApp group with us and the other members who have, who have purchased and they get like 24 seven access because the accountability is a big factor. And then we got, we got other people who like don't need as much accountability. So like the silver package for them might be more beneficial because they're like, you know what? I don't need to be in a WhatsApp group. I don't need like, we have 30 plus videos of like educating people on like everything to do with training, everything to do with their nutrition, like, like the, the nutrition pyramid, uh, educating them. We got like Kevin Lynch on who's a, an osteopath to talk about recovery. And we got Paul Dermody on who's 
who has a big podcast and he's a big fitness name in the Galway area. But uh, we got him on to talk about the psychology behind a successful diet. So we put a lot of work into like the education side of things. And then, so, so, so someone who's not interested in all that, they can just buy the silver. Or someone who literally just wants a plan, who just wants a 12-week plan, they can get the bronze. So, so yeah, that's that's kind of, we've like I said, we pivoted and we were only releasing this tier system in the last kind of week or two. But it's been, it's been, a, it's been a labor of love because it's something that the two of us, we wanted to streamline things. We want, but one of the other things we want to do is we wanted to reach more people, basically. We want to reach more people without, like if you train 50 people online, like with our online coaching, it's, it's quite personal. Like we call our clients every week to check in with them and stuff. But there comes a certain point where you just can't do that with that many people. So we found this to be another way to reach more people and just to help people get into shape and pass on the knowledge that we have. Um, and yeah, like reach like a larger audience of people. So that's that's kind of the goal with it. And it's uh, it's it's going good, but it's 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 slowly gaining attraction and getting more people on board. And uh, it's going to take time as well. Like like I said, we're a little we're a little bit too ambitious with it, and we kind of got. We kind of had to realize that we had to set our, our sights a little bit a little bit lower, but you know that's it's all it's all a learning process. I won't keep you too much longer. Um, yeah, no worries, no worries, no worries. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm not, I'm no time constraint. So you you don't get in the shape you're in by sitting around talking, but um. Uh, no, hey, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. I do plenty of fucking talking. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, we talked about it briefly again off camera about um. A challenge yourself and, and David did. I don't know. As I said, was Kevin involved about uh, the masturbation and um, abstaining no, from? No, it? it was myself, David, and actually uh, Kevin's younger brother, who'd be one of my best friends, Brendan. Yes, he, also he was, in great shape as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brendan is in great shape, and he's also killing it with the personal training as well. He 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 did it. For, he started doing it about a year, about a year, a year and a half ago, full time, and. He he's now actually t- taken over the the gym in Clamoris because Kevin's gone doing some traveling. But Brendan, he's um he's been doing really well with the PT. And he's got he's hasn't been too vocal on social media, but he's that's changing. He's going he's, he has some great transformations and results. He's going to start posting and and yeah, no, he's 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 smashing it. But yeah, ju- just do you want do you want to briefly just touch on that on the on the challenge and I can tell you how it kind of came to fruition. Yeah, um, I just want to know what sort of length it was. Why, I suppose you started, and what benefits did you did you see from the start to the finish? And because I, I feel, as I said, I'm a teacher myself. It's it's a scary world young people live in now, especially with the access they have on their phones. Um, and it could be a mass. I see it. We did a a large sample size. What's the word I'm looking for? Just a, it was a not what. Survey, study? Survey, thank you. Survey. It was called Planet Youth, right? And it was about everything young adults do um, from maybe 13 to 18. How they hang out with their friends, uh, have they taken drugs, what sort of drugs, uh, would they smoke, would they drink, um, their anxiety levels, everything. And one thing that we found on the results in our school was that a huge amount of young people are accessing porn on a daily basis. Give me a, the lowdown on on why you did it, and would there be any relevance to that um, that I'm talking about? Yeah, so basically, um, it would have been twenty. Let me see, twenty three. So it would have been about four years ago. So probably twenty twenty eighteen. It was that myself and Dave. We landed out to where Brendan was working in Ballandine in the in the petrol station at the time. Uh, it was his birthday, so we were going out to get a coffee and we were going out to see him and just you know wish him a happy birthday or whatever. And he came, he came over to us and we were chatting and he just said to us, just, just kind of like out of nowhere, really. He's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I've started, he goes, I'm, I'm going to start and challenge. He goes from today, he goes from today onwards, he goes, I'm going to do 90 days, uh, no masturbation. Um, and me and Dave kind of looked at each other and we didn't, re- we, we literally just looked at each other and then we both just kind of like put our hands in together and put them on, on top of and said, fuck it. Like we said, let's all, we said, we'll join you. We said, we'll do it as well. Fuck it. Did not didn't have put too much thought into it, um, and then I suppose from there, me and Dave kind of had a little chat in the car, and we we're like, look, we we're like, we we're like, this this could be a good opportunity to like put it out there that we're doing a ninety day challenge. Like people love challenges, um, 
it's 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 definitely the thought of it even to the two of us was like fuck it was daunting enough you know it was like no masturbation for for 90 days now the specifics of it were if you had like a girlfriend or whatever like you know the 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 act of sex was not like forbidden you could still do but just mas- masturbating your your own t- time was was off limits so we said fuck we'll put it out there on our instagrams like it's a bit of a touchy subject and we said we put it out there see if anyone else wants to join and we did put it up on the stories whatever said we were going to do it people want to join a few people messaged back that they were and a few people also had said i so su- i suppose what what as, as a byproduct of um so I, I, I suppose like i can i i i'll get into it a little bit as a byproduct of masturbation for a lot of us we we our, our source i suppose of of uh of entertainment would be porn I know, I know mine, mine, mine personally was. So whenever, you know, I was doing the act itself, it was, it was to, it was to porn. Um, I don't think I would say I had a, an addiction to, to, to porn or I don't know, actually, would I, would I say I did or I didn't to, 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 to masturbate? I was always watching porn. Now, was it excessive? It wasn't excessive for me personally. It was maybe like twice a week, not nothing too, too crazy. It wasn't like an everyday thing, but I suppose it was still, it was still a bit a bit strange that I had to watch other people in order to get off myself. And then when I took a step back and I think about it, I was like, yeah, that is kind of fucked up. It's a bit weird. And then, and then I suppose I, I like realized after a few people reached out that like a lot of like guys, like young men have um, probably a porn addiction and they don't even realize it and they're addicted to it. And then like, I suppose addiction obviously has a negative connotation, but uh, with this i think it was definitely a negative addiction to have because by what we had heard from some from some people uh that were interacting with us that it was negatively affecting their their sex their own personal sexual lives with their girlfriends or their casual partners like it was you know it was it was getting to a certain point with people where they'd have performance anxiety they wouldn't be able to perform they wouldn't be able to get it up you know per se they wouldn't um have a desire after watching so much porn every day and masturbating they wouldn't have a desire to go out and actually uh pursue a female in the real world so it was having you know definitely having a lot of negative consequences um for me personally i'll be completely honest it never really had too many i i watching porn it wasn't out of control for me it wasn't really affecting my own personal at the time i wasn't i didn't have a girlfriend i was single and stuff so like my my sex life wasn't like crazy crazy active at that time i was living in clamoris i was training a lot working a lot um but 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 i still i still thought that like it would be good to do a period of abstinence from it um like the the fact that the thought of it was like shit this is a bit scary like i don't know i'll be able to do this made me be like okay this is i need to do this because it's challenging um and also we felt like we could be able to like maybe spread a positive message talk about it maybe a, a subject that's a bit taboo and not that we weren't trying to change the world we weren't trying to like like be 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 like be these great men like that people could follow but we just thought that like you know we could maybe make a small little bit of a difference um and even for ourselves so we did it um and i will say the first two weeks because <laughs> again I'll, I'll be i'll be honest and a lot of a lot of a lot of boys will be able to relate to this when when you're going to watch porn it's almost like a little process you have it's habitual you know whether it's morning time or it's night time whatever that is your 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 habit or your process um and i felt like when that time would come at the first two or three weeks it was almost like try it was almost you know trying like trying to kick an addiction addiction of some sort you were like jesus okay this is this is tough like what am i going to i have to find something else to replace this or just go sleep so the first two or three weeks was tough um and then as I got over that, it became, I guess, just more, it, it was fine, it became more normal. Once I, like I said, I got over the first two or three weeks, that was the hardest period. And then after that, it was, it was okay. Um, like there, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, it might be, it might be too much information. And if it is, <laughs> no, you can, you can, you can leave it out. But I had like my first wet dream after about four or five weeks that I had in years since I was a kid, since I was maybe 16. Um, so that was interesting. I remember just waking up in the middle of the night and being like, oh shit, what the fuck happened? Um, but it was obviously just because of the abstinence and there was just a buildup of, of you know, whatever testosterone and, and, and stuff. So that was interesting. Um, I was having a lot more, uh, having some vivid like sexual dreams that, that was happening. That was another thing. Um, I definitely felt myself 
maybe being how how do I how do I describe? I felt a bit. I felt like um, you know the way sometimes after and men again would be able to relate to this after you uh you ejaculate you have this like kind of like very calm sensation like that personal clarity sometimes they call it and stuff where you just you don't might not want to like necessarily do anything be very productive i found myself just really just being like on very very motivated and just like highly productive the whole time i wasn't wasting time going off like on my phone watching porn in the nighttime i just i just felt very productive i was getting a lot of stuff done um it, it had a net positive uh a very net positive uh, impact and so much so that I initially wasn't the plan wasn't to quit watching porn but just as a byproduct of masturbating it's it's it just just happened and I haven't gone back to watching porn since I've literally just wow. stayed away but I'll I'll be honest I masturbate from time to time way less than I used to after doing the challenge even to this day like three years onwards um and I don't, I just use my imagination or whatever. And I don't like watch porn, never went back to it. So it was like, honestly, it was one of the best things I ever did. Um, just because, I don't know, I, f- I feel like we waste too much time yeah. watching porn. A lot of, a lot of, our, a lot of our, our masculine force gets drained from us uh, from that. And then, you know, like I said, it has, has a cascade of negative effects. And look, I'm no specialist. So I'm, I'm not qualified or anything on the topic but this, this is just kind of like my own personal experience so so i would definitely recommend anyone any young man to definitely abstain for a period of time it doesn't have to be as extreme as as 90 days it could be 30 days um but it's definitely a start it's definitely something worth doing even just to see even if even if you don't get that many net positive outcomes which i think you will but even if you don't at least it's it's discipline you're practicing some form of discipline like you're abstaining from doing something because again not to sound like an old man, but like nowadays, especially the younger people, they don't have, everything is at their fingertips. They have no reason to abstain from anything and they don't want to abstain from everything because they don't want to delay gratification. Everything is instant and it's just the way, it's just what they're used to. So definitely for someone in their, in their teenage years, early 20s, I'd recommend abstaining for like a month. Just see, see, see does, it, does it skyrocket your productivity? Does it force you to go out there and actually get girls in real life? Because let's be honest, watching porn versus actually you know interacting being intimate with an actual girl is completely different it's so much better in real life so like you know why wouldn't we encourage i definitely would encourage that super yeah because there's two sides of that as you said the, the actual time spent and although you said you're a highly motivated person already that increased your productivity and your motivation even more because i don't think people realize that they fall into the trap at a young age and they don't know anything else so they don't realize the benefits that might be there. And you say you're, as I said, you're already a highly motivated person that even increased your motivation even more. So imagine someone who thinks they're not that motivated and they don't want to get out, how that could actually, it could transcend them. It could change them totally oh, as a person. That, as you said, that's one, one thing they realize, geez, I can kick this. Maybe I can do something else. And it snowballs. Exactly, exactly. The snowball effects. Like, um, imagine if even one like young lad was listening to this there and it, and it struck a chord with them and they went and they did that. And it, and this young person turned out to be the next, uh, the say Nobel, Niva, no, 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 that, that, that's not a, that's not, that's not a big achievement. And a Nobel peace prize or something fucking crazy because now obviously that's a far reach, but like, you know what I'm saying? If they listen mm-hmm. and, and, and like they took just from, just from hearing about that anecdotal experience. So, so yeah, it would be, it would be, um, it would be pretty cool if, if that happened. <laughs> um, I could talk all day, honestly, but uh, we'll leave it there. Is there anything you want to plug? I know Blueprint Physique is uh, Instagram. Yeah, look, I, I all really my own personal Instagram. Not not that I'm not too crazy active on it, but it's just Keen Brennan ten one zero, and then the Blueprint Instagram is just Blueprint, and then two like underscores uh, fitness. Um, yeah, if if you want, if, if if anyone like has heard me talk about the blueprint, even on this, and they're somewhat interested or they they want to go and have a look, I'd say the best thing to do is check out the Instagram. There's a lot of content. We're putting out a lot of content on it. We're trying to grow the Instagram this year. Like we're really trying to put a lot of effort, and time, and focus into into grow into growing that. And then there's there'll be like a a link tree, like on our link tree, a link to like go into a page where the different tiers are in there. We'll have a video about like what is the blueprint and then who kind of who are we and just a page with like a, a lot of information if someone wants to have more questions and if they want to even just shoot us a message on instagram 
a DM and ask any questions. Um, I often find setting up like a call with someone, if they have questions, you're better off, in my opinion, always in just, in just setting up a video call and talking rather than typing and going back and forth. So that's always an option as well. If anyone wants to j jump on a free call or whatever and have a chat, then we're more than happy to do that. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's anything really else that I that I need to plug. I don't have I don't have too much too much uh, else going on. Super, absolute pleasure, Keen. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem, man. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And sure, if I don't know, do you ever do round twos with anyone? But if it goes down well Definitely. and you're ever interested in doing a round two, and we could we could touch on a different topic or something a bit more in depth or specific, then I'll um gladly I'll I'll come back on. That'd be brilliant. Perfect. Thank you.